man and girl go out to drive under moonlight. They stop at on at a side of road. He turned to his girl and say, Baby, I love you so very much. What is it, honey? Our car is broken down. I think the engine is broken. I'll walk and get some more fuel. Okay, I'll stay here and look after our stereo. There has been more news report of steers being stolen. Good idea. Keep the doors locked no matter what. I love you, sweaty. So the guy left to get full for the car. After two hours, the girls say, Where is my baby? He was supposed to be back by now. Then the girl hear a scratching sound. And the voice say, Let me in! The girl doesn't do it. And then after a while there, she goes to sleep. The next morning, she wakes up and finds her boyfriend still not there. She gets out to check and man door handle car door. Hi and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Graham. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Can I just say... Thank you so much for that dramatic reading. Snaps all of around. Of that classic creepypasta. You're welcome. I had never read that until today. I still can't believe that. You know how <laughs> old that thing is? No. It's still It's still in like green text or whatever. Yeah, it's like a 4chan. It's like an old fucking 4chan thing like from when I was in high school. <laughs> Can I just say too the sacrifice I'm making for you all? <laughs> as listeners because for the purpose of sound quality we have put Allie's head <laughs> in like a box and it is so hard not to crack up every time I look over and I just peek my eyes out yeah and she just peeks over like hello like anytime I have to talk to her so well Allie is always the one echoing so Me it's Jordan, just it's we're just so you know mm-hmm what has to be done has to be done. Yeah, let's hope this works. Um, it was a bit MacGyvered, a bit elementary school project with hot glue. I still feel Type like I'm B not allowed teacher. to Type B teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Representing. Well, as you might have gleaned, today's episode is season one, episode seven, Hookman. The one where the boys fight a creepypasta. This episode was written by John Shuban and directed by David Jackson. It originally aired on October 25th, 2005, right before Halloween. Ooh, so spooky. For Halloween, this does feel like a Halloween episode. Yeah, it really does. And I wonder if part of that is because it's like a classic Mm -hmm. urban legend. It's good fun. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Also, I just want to read off to you guys so I don't annoy you throughout this whole podcast. All of the nicknames I gave the hook man incredible so i wrote down of course the classic ham slinging slasher mm. bloodborne <laughs> axel rose <laughs> the undertaker incredible incredible and rob zombie yeah oh i also was thinking um the pirate captain not jack sparrow but the barboza barboza mm-hmm. yeah definitely had like a piratey vibe yeah i think mm-hmm. it's like that long leather trench with like yes. the floppy hat is just very mm-hmm. very pirate 
I want to say the new version, um, with that guy who throws those spinning blades. Oh, what are you talking about? A movie that's like Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Scott Pilgrim. No. Ooh, there's so many. Yeah, Manic there's Dream there's Girls. so many. There's so many. <sighs> there's Manic a guy Pixies. who his entire arm just like projects blades oh, and throws. Um spinning blades yeah you want to cosplay as that guy we yes. had a conversation about this what is that movie with the robot girl uh turbo kid turbo, turbo kid. kid okay i want the modern hook man with saw blades spinning at you a, a la turbo kid a la turbo kid yeah, I'll perfect take, i'll take like a post-apocalyptic hook mm-hmm. man that sounds fun anyone out there making shit make it for us so i actually liked this intro scene a lot Mm-hmm. yeah for one because like as someone who if ever gets the opportunity to be a ghost i am definitely going to be a drama queen like the hook man <laughs> i'm not oh, just yeah. gonna hook ya. i'm gonna make sure i can scratch every metal surface i can oh, find yeah. beforehand yes. get all those squeaky surfaces all of them only murder people where there's a dead end signed within a quarter mile Yes. yes. So you can scratch that first. Under a bridge. Under a bridge. And we love a ghost who appreciates the classics, like, you know, college kids making out mm-hmm. in a car. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. I also really like the idea of, ooh, let's go make out. Let's go under this creepy train bridge where no one is. Yeah. And, like, I have to wonder, did she not ask where they were going yes. on the yes. way there? She just waits until they're parked and is like, Ooh, we're parking. I don't know. And she's also very lucky that the supernatural gods decided to bless this mm-hmm. one woman who did not get tortured in the beginning of a supernatural. Oh yeah, episode. she didn't. Yeah, the person to die first was not like a random blonde woman. I was. Can so you impressed. believe? Yeah. Yeah. We had a douchebag frat guy, and honestly, I was on the killer side. I was like, yes, this is the hook man we need. <laughs> Just yes. get him. Just get him. He was gross. I will say that, like, his his whole, like, demeanor was really weird and clumsy, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, check out that, that hand move he was doing where it was, like, the karate chop hand, and he's, like, poking her collarbone with it. Yeah, like, he's unsure. like, come on, babe. Come on. Yeah, like... I don't like it's just like the least smooth most like I'm 13 years old yeah. and I'd like to touch your boob over the bra type move that I've seen. It's like, like I saw one playboy so I think I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Her outfit was really good though. It was so yeah, cute. The yeah. Cursed tank top which I'll talk about <laughs> later. Why was it cursed? Because that was um what got her friend um killed. killed. Because she was punishing people who did sinful things, like letting their friend borrow a sexy tank top. I thought it was because uh, her friend, whose name is Taylor, I wrote it down, wanted her to, like, party on a Sunday. Yeah, tequila shots and reality something. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, God, I would be fucked if I was in this sorority because that sounds so fun to me. I would just be hanging out with, like, the nerdy girl with, Mm -hmm. like, the barrette ponytail and the glasses who had the Avril Lavigne poster. I love that poster. I love it. 
can we, throwing it back. Can we also talk about the amazingness that was reality TV in 2005 as well? I didn't watch any of it. Oh, you missed out. I knew of some of it. And one of you, what was that? Like Brett Michaels oh, trying um, to find love? Yeah, the Brett Michaels, A Chance of Love. That one was great. I more like the Bad Girls Club. I, I feel like that had like a much stupider name. Why I, do I feel like it was like Rock of it was Love? Rock of Love. Rock of love. Jordan, I'm name. trying to talk about the outfits. We don't have time <laughs> to discuss reality TV. It's so good, though. It kind of ties in. Okay, yeah. but... But really, the outfits, I feel like in a lot of the other episodes, they've just gone crazy with accessories and prints and everything. These girls know how to dress. Keep Mm -hmm. it simple. Nice top with a few extra details on it. Basic jean skirt. Mm -hmm. Normal ass shoes. You don't need to go crazy. I just keep thinking about those shrugs in the last (laughs) episode and it's just destroying me. Like, why couldn't they have like a modicum of Mm -hmm. sense until episode seven so this was like the first episode where i felt like they actually dressed like people dressed back then yes yes and i thought that during like the party scene too and even her button up beforehand which isn't like yeah. that cute but it's something that would have totally just normal. been worn yeah yeah and when she's like there's a hot girl under there i think that's kind of a stupid quote but it's it's true that that's not what you go out in yes. it was like a fine day outfit yeah or like if you're like a receptionist. (laughs) (laughs) She definitely had like the preacher's daughter, horse Mm -hmm. girl vibes in the first outfit. Yeah. So I, with like that straightened hair in the middle part girl, they needed to do something with that hair. I guess she was in a rush though. Yeah. The only thing I will say that was different is they weren't wearing those stupid platform flip flops that were so popular. Yes. Oh my God. If they were going to a party, she definitely would have been wearing them. And those are back too. They are. And I'm, thrilled mm-hmm. i'm thrilled oh, yeah. the last thing i want to say about that whole intro bit is her fucking scream <laughs> she's like she is so into it she's like fucking winding up she throws her arms out and everything like she's mm-hmm. about to like belt out the the chorus of some like broadway song and she just like fucking rips out this horrible <laughs> scream that she like has to restart three times i will say i get it though because like as an actress like your horror scream can literally make you famous it, it can, can make a great yeah deal. yeah this so. one did not make her famous no absolutely not <laughs> i did we... like the body hanging surprise oh yeah well that was the whole linchpin of uh why they were like oh it's the hook man in yeah. the show that they I were have like, never heard that outside of this though all the hookman stories I've heard were just cr- yeah with a hook not hanging upside down and same I, I will say too this um so not counting the first episode because it was a different setup every mm-hmm. episode I've kept track of this transition and there's two modes you either transition from the first scene into Dean or Sam sleeping or you transform <laughs> you transition into dean or sam on the phone this time we got an on the phone you that's the only two transitions we've had oh my god (laughs) oh yeah i forgot they were looking for their dad it seems like they have to throw it in once an episode and then they can move on Yeah. yeah okay talking about uh that transition where they're on the phone so y'all notice sam's laptop sticker before this scene because i didn't and i feel like i saw it for the first time watching this episode today and i'm just like 
what the fuck kind of tacky ass it looked it looked like a goth girl tramp stamp it was like <laughs> like a skull with like tribal tattoo swirlies <laughs> on either side of it on like a blue circle and it was just like stuck to the laptop that's amazing it was horrible it was horrible taste i mean yeah i mean it kind of fits, fits in the character though that like yeah. skelter reject art yeah, I guess, but it's just so, like, counter to the way they've built up his, like, preferences for yeah. things, especially as, like, a college-aged adult. Like, it doesn't seem, like, it seems more like something Dean would find oh, funny. Oh, this was on Sam's laptop. Yeah. yeah, it's Sam's laptop. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, right? Well, it's funny because they they make fun of him for being, like, girly three times this episode, too. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, when they're talking about him being the artist, and oh, it would be Sam who does this dean is like on sam's ass this episode teasing the hell out of him he's like his latte okay but that was a monstrosity of a latte who gets half calf half caffeine yeah is that what that is it is why would you do that the whole point is the caffeine my dude not having anxiety attack (laughs) then why get a latte it's an espresso drink yeah. Like, literally just get nice coffee. Espresso is the only way to drink coffee, in my opinion. What the fuck? <laughs> oh, so I'm fully this with is, him. This is too... This is... Too, and a double pump of vanilla? Like... That's too much. That's too much, that's too first much. of all. But if you're, like, having, like... Okay, I'm not going to get into this. I'm not going to be a coffee snob right now. I'm literally drinking gas station coffee. <laughs> so... But half caffeine is evil. I agree. I don't know, maybe he was trying to, like, maybe he was tired of Dean's teasing, so he's like, mm. I'm going to put this badass sticker on my laptop, so. <laughs> to make so. up for the soy milk and the yeah. two pumps of vanilla. <laughs> Dean ordered it, though, so True. he's the one who had to look bad. <laughs> and that's why Sam did it. That's something I would do. My, <laughs> my favorite nights at work are when we have to work super late and a male who's like one of those matcha males offers to get coffee at Starbucks down the road. And I always make the male get a pink drink for me. I love that you say a male. <laughs> I make the male. The male. It's because the only males at my work are like totally the older gender stereotype. I just think it's funny that you say a male because like... <laughs> I never hear, like, women or, like, people who aren't men say male like that. You know, usually it's, like, <laughs> dudes. They're, like, oh, females or whatever. And we have to all be, like, shh. But I don't know. For some yeah. reason, it's charming when you do it, Ali. Oh, thank you. Maybe it's because you're not a male. <laughs> I feel like, to me, it's, like, the Schmidt sound. Oh, my man. <laughs> That's what goes <laughs> through my head when I say male. <laughs> Can we talk about... The, uh... Please say the purple man. That is exactly where I was going to... Thank God! (laughs) So I have so much to say about this. For one, it reminded me of, like, the community's human being. Yes! (laughs) Where the human beings are terrifying, like, white... What kind of mascot is a purple man? (laughs) So I'm thinking maybe it's not the school's mascot, but it's, like, that Their color? Oh, I thought it was just their color. Oh, yeah, like they're... Because, like, we would have, in high school, guys would paint themselves like that, just the colors of the sports team. But, like, single color? Yeah. Like, we're just... No, he had gold oh, he was on his he face. Gold. gold stripes on his face, and that's exactly what the males would do in my... Males, again. <laughs> <laughs> the cis, straight, white men in my high school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
But they, he was specifically referred to as the purple man. Though. That's true. Yeah. So I just, I love that because like mascots are usually, they're like kind of intimidating is the idea. We have a fucking nut as ours. I know. I hate <laughs> it. Don't talk to me about the Buckeyes. It's just so strange. Which is where Dean and Sam came from, supposedly. They're transfers from Ohio. <laughs> oh, I was. Uh, me and Allie are like looking at each other. Like, is Jordan? Yeah, they're pretending to be nuts. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we're like, well, everyone I mean, they does. Did cover nut, so Jordan, it's true. <laughs> My gay not, ears. Not, yeah, I was trying to make. Stop. Right? Speaking of gay ears, though, yes. all of the nasty comments Dean makes about college girls which for one they yeah. say he's 27 like leave these poor college girls yes. alone. yeah but he then makes the missed a spot reference after being like oh no i'm not gonna help another man paint he was staring that yeah he was down. looking yeah. at that guy's ass yeah. like no. i do i do again feel like he was trying to like be the embarrassing older brother yes. though mm-hmm. more than actually being that interested like, it's just, it seemed to me more like trying to pick on him. Like, the same yeah. way, like, your parents try and be embarrassing yeah. in front of your friends when you're, like, 15 or whatever. I don't know. I'm a Dean apologist, so. <laughs> <laughs> Take me with a grain of salt, but I think he was less gross than it seemed. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Especially, like, I think Sam is younger and actually a college yeah. student, so. Yeah, well, with he's Sam. four years younger. It so confuses me because he's like, this wasn't my college experience. Bitch, when we first met you, you were at this party. True. This level Halloween party. His girlfriend dragged him to it, though. That's fair. But I hate the people who are like, no, I got straight A's. The people in my classes who got straight A's were out till 5 a.m. the night before. Yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the when I was in my early 20s, like <laughs> that time that I tried to do college, <laughs> um, straight A's, always high, never asleep. Yeah. Me too, minus the straight A's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't me know. Too, I just feel like the all being of... Cool. I was not cool. Are you kidding me? I'm not trying to say I was cool. I'm trying to say that I was a mess. Oh. But that's what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. like, all of the other straight-A people that I knew. Oh, they're the most wild. Yeah. Yeah. So it was funny to me because I think it feeds into the stereotype of you've got to be this way to be the, like, nerd. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, this whole episode is kind of about stereotypes. It's so. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually, um... Also, after the scene, too, out of all of those... Which scene? After... After the scene at the university where they're, like, infiltrating the frat frat. house. It then transitions to the only time a town actually cares about the death of somebody. Yes. And, of course, it's the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, what the last episode we watched, like, this woman got horrifically (laughs) murdered by what she thought to be her boyfriend. And it's like, we don't care about the lady who got murdered, but the poor man... He got locked up for a crime mm-hmm. he didn't commit. Like, that was the whole right. narrative. But this time, like, we're actually getting some, like, grief shown. Right. Mm-hmm. Which then we don't get from, like, the lady who's murdered later in the episode. Yeah. Well, and I think the only reason for that is because there's, like, this, like, reverend angle. Yeah, which I yeah. agree, and I did catch on to. It's just kind of funny to me. It's a... It's something in this show that mm-hmm. I've noticed. Yeah, no, for sure. We only mourn a male's death. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. That that is a stereotype in this, and it's reflective of life. Yeah, sadly. That's very true. Yeah. 
Um, I always, I don't know why, but when a dad's overprotective and, like, mm. talks about his females, like, oh, not, he, they don't outright say virginity, but they say, like, morality. Right. It makes me cringe so hard and it's just disgusting. Yeah. The two of them interacting is just gross from yeah. the outset. Like, y'all notice they're wearing, like, matching clothes at church (laughs) like he's in all his like fancy you know green robes get up whatever whatever reverends wear these days and she has like a matching um kelly green sweater vest or whatever yeah that is not your color honey yeah what kind of cringed me out is actually the next scene Mm -hmm. which they're then on in the library and so I get what they were trying to make. It was just an episode about, like, Christian Gill was kind of like the villain yeah. here. But the whole scene in the library where they're like, oh, the hook man, the, hand sling- the ham-slinging slasher <laughs> murdered this. Can I? I'm sorry. I don't want to interrupt you, yeah. but I'm pretty sure it's the hash-slinging slasher. The hash-slinging slasher. That's- Although like slinging ham, ham I, I like because, like, I think about, like, the aerodynamics of like a slice of ham and how like when it hits something it would probably splat which makes a that's a very good sound coming from jordan all i know is it has to be about bussy bussy it has to but keep going the bussy slinging (laughs) wait what has to be about ham if he's saying the ham ham. slinging thank you for introducing that image into my brain (laughs) slinging his bussy actually he hates bussy slingers yes because that's and the library saying they found out that he had murdered an entire brothel to, like, cleanse the town. And, like, I'm okay. Like, I understand that this show was trying to make a point, but something about the immediate transition then to the sorority and, like, the comparison mm-hmm. of a sorority to a brothel did yeah. not sit with me Yeah, and well. it had, like, all of the, the girls in, like, mm-hmm. their pajamas and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, I don't know what other kind of comparison mm-hmm. we're supposed to be drawing there when you transition so directly i kind of drew from it that that's how these like men and incels view women when Mm. even if it's just like literally a place where they live yeah that it becomes something sexual and evil yeah well i mean i think it's the fact that like no one no one spells that out though Mm, there's just there's just this visual cue that we have and no one's like that's not correct like no one, yeah. no one says anything um, contrary to that, so mm-hmm. it doesn't challenge that narrative, yeah, in any direct way. Um, and like, definitely in all kinds of art forms, you mm-hmm. know, showing is an effective method. Obviously, this is a visual medium, but like sometimes you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell too. Yeah. Yes. Gotta tell. I totally agree. Yeah, mm. we we're just kind of led to believe that. I don't, I don't even really want to talk about it too much because, like, first I don't want to be like sex work is bad because I absolutely don't mm-hmm. believe that. But then also, I don't know, comparing, like, pretty much just, like, the average woman trying to get through college to a sex worker if they experiment. It's just... Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can I jump in and say a lot about it with the lore, though? Yes, absolutely. Oh, oh go ahead, Jasper. Before we discuss yeah. the lore. The lore. I thought I would point out that the way um, the delivery of the dialogue and, like, the conversation between Sam and Dean in the library before they really get Mm -hmm. into looking at those, like, really old arrest records, it is exactly the same, like, pace and, like, 
give and take as the Bloody Mary yes. thing in the bathroom <laughs> of that house. Like, it's the same fucking scene. And, like, guys, <laughs> come on. <laughs> it's season one, but you can still do better. Yeah, we're only seven episodes into. This mm-hmm. isn't, like, far into season one, and they're already repeating, like, tropes. and Yeah. Well, it's not even a trope. That's, like just from their other episode yeah and it's, it's like it's an the cadence mm-hmm. as well let's hear about the lore ally thank you so i think a lot of how i view it now watching it with the lore behind it is more about like the expectations for women in the time period sure a lot of the information there's a lot about california specifically um but in general so the Hookman. It's from the 1950s, earliest in the 19, late 1940s. Yeah, because it was mm-hmm. like an escaped psycho legend originally. Yes, from Pennsylvania. It was an, ins- a, like, escaped either insane asylum um, person who lived there or an inmate, depending on the story. Mm-hmm. And this young couple hears, usually hears on the radio how, like, beyond the watch, there's this escaped convict. Um... But this actually comes from real events and is really rooted in rational fears. Um, if you're into crew crime, there's the 1946, sorry, Texarkana Moonlight Murders, um, which I had not heard of. But the ones I had heard of that I immediately, it reminded me exactly of that, was the Coed Murders, the Son of Sam Murders, the Night Stalker, and the Hillside Strangler which are all in the late 1900s. So this was based in the fact that like people were getting murdered in this way. And there were sometimes even targets of couples. And someone even wrote Dear Abby, and there's a printed Dear Abby about this. Whoa. So I can't believe how like connected to us. And it's in like, I know what you did last summer. And even scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that has both of those. Um, And it Feeds into some stereotypes like a disability as evil or to be feared if you're any different um, with him having lost a hand or born without one. There's the general like hook as a penis stabbing young woman. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic slasher thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Reclaiming the uh, misused or abused sexuality and masculinity through a violent penetrative act. Exactly. And this was, um, so one theory is that this was children remarking on what they thought adults would think like in terms of sex. It's this very, like, more juvenile understanding of what adults felt like and went through. That's why sex education is important. Yes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This has been a public service announcement. And this is even related to, like, the vanishing hitchhiker or meeting someone online today or the more modern um, stories. Yeah. But this is something. So my grandma went to Bowling Green mm-hmm. for college. And it was back when you had, like, an all-female dorm. And males weren't allowed past the entrance, basically. And they had a man who was a peeping Tom and mm-hmm. was notorious around campus, couldn't be caught. And instead of, like, taking it seriously they nicknamed him herv the perv oh jesus and would be like oh don't don't be changing with the windows open like you don't do this or herv the perv's gonna get you so even locally we have these like um ways of expressing our fears of perceived immorality 
um, different versions have the couple both escape, both are murdered, the boyfriend's murdered, the boyfriend's hung upside down, boyfriend's head cut off, murder of only sexually active college kids, the people who survive are scared into chastity. Yeah, I was about to say, this all seems like a don't do this don't if you have, have sex, sex before marriage. Yes. You're going to get murdered. And it all comes down to basically him being jealous because he can't get any. Or, yeah. like, um, being seen as if you don't fit the societal standard of not having sex before marriage or, like, being alone with a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's immoral and you need punished for it, which directly ties into this. And so I think it's interesting that it's changed a lot now that these things become more acceptable. Yeah. And we have things like sex ed and we have, we get to see healthy relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have more freedom. Um, and the reason I was laughing during this episode, there was one article that was like, why I teach the hook man to my students. Uh huh. <laughs> because someone teaches this as literature. Which is not something I'd agree on. Okay. But they had such an interesting point of this being a universal story. Mm. Which I love that idea because horror is our fears and our fears of getting punished for things. Yeah. And I think this absolutely ties into the um, mid to late 1900s when women finally have some... Mm-hmm. freedom and can make these choices and the fears of what will happen if they go in a car with a man or what if they right. make out or what if heaven forbid have sex or stuff like that yeah yeah yeah. so I really like her idea that this is universal because I think that's true like with the white woman yeah our society yeah. produces these because there's a fear in our society that makes us think of them oh specifically the the woman in white ghost mm-hmm. not like the white woman as in like white women yes. just to be clear sorry women in white a little different yeah 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 I think that's a really uh, good tie into something that I was thinking which is that I like how um they subvert it a little bit in this mm-hmm. where uh the you know used to be maybe virginal or like is maybe sort of sexually exploring uh woman mm-hmm. is like alone with a man and has like a romantic or sexual interaction with a man but she doesn't become a target because of it and in fact it's the the reverend who's like having an affair with a married woman mm-hmm. um that is the target of of the hook man and it was interesting i i mm-hmm. loved that it, like it kind of it it gave her like a little bit more agency yes. even though she doesn't she isn't really able to do anything to protect herself later on um it just was like, yeah, women can go and, like, make mm-hmm. out with dudes they just met yesterday. Who cares? I want a modern hookman legend. Yeah. Of women who choose to go alone with men and stuff, and as soon as the man crosses a boundary that he wasn't not allowed to cross, a hookman comes and murders him. With a, uh, with a saw blade, tur- what were you saying? Oh, Turbo arm? Yeah. Yeah, I want a spinning saw blade shoot out at this man. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. Get him. Get I mean, him. that did happen to the guy in the first scene mm-hmm. when he, like... Wait, there was a spinning saw blade? No spinning <laughs> saw blade, but the second he crossed the line by putting his, like, karate hand up her um, tank top strap, 
That's yeah, that's that's true. I I hadn't thought of that as an active sexual agency mm-hmm. earlier, but yeah, because of the fact that it's her defending her own boundaries and not like an imposed boundary set upon her by someone else. Yeah, and that's I like, a, that's a I like that way of thinking about that. I like how it ties in with the religion too. Like for if you had a religious upbringing, yeah, um, that she's experiencing so much guilt, and that guilt is literally manifesting. Um, but I know so many people who grew up super religious, and when you don't n- talk about like what boundaries are acceptable to you, right? Anything turns into a crisis. So I did like that metaphor of coming into womanhood. And then having all these self-doubts. I love that. Coming into womanhood. That's really what I was trying to say earlier when I (laughs) stuttered through like 10 words trying to make a sentence. I will say the pastor dating the married woman gave me fun flashbacks because I grew up in a very religious home. And uh, my parents did that thing where they're like, we want church to be a choice. And I was like, okay, I choose not to go to church, (laughs) which they were very offended But I finally agreed. I was like in the end of my high school years and my mom was like, can you just come to church with me like one more time before you go to college? It would mean so much to me. And I was like, yes, I will go to church this one time. (laughs) And we go to church. And I guess at my mom's church, there have been some mutterings going around. But our pastor started dating a married woman. And everyone's like, he's dating like this man's wife. Like so immoral Mm -hmm. it turned out that he had actually entered into a polyamorous relationship with the wife and the husband oh brought them to the stage to announce this to the entire congregation the one time i agreed to go to church and it was the best experience i've had in church forever that's amazing my jaw has just been hanging open this is the best story i've ever heard in my yeah. life congregation was so appalled and this was like 2007 so i don't know i mean people are conservative now but like people are still pretty weird mm-hmm. about like polyamory yeah it's yeah well i was gonna say i go to like a very open church yeah. um, that actively participates in the pride parade and i has- literally thought you were gonna say that actively participates in polyamory <laughs> i was like quite. nice <laughs> and has like people um share their experiences and those people will call god she or they and yeah. so it's very like um, kind of revolutionary, but if someone, if the pastor came out as polyamorous, I think even in that church. So I can't imagine this um, middle of Ohio nowhere. Yeah, he, he was unfortunately fired. Oh. Yeah. Damn. It was some fun drama that day, though. That must have been amazing. some good bussy. Yeah. <laughs> the ham slinging bussy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, it's my fault this time. The- <laughs> but yeah, no, Jordan. Like, you're... Whatever, whatever, whatever. Allie brought it up. She's the one who's... Because I know involved. you. Oh, this is another hashtag Smart Dean episode. They they introduced the uh, salt rounds. Oh, And I Sam is, like, realize. impressed like he actually should be this time. <laughs> I love that moment. Just... We'll use that and we'll just cover up the other moment where he was being a dick about the EMF reader. You know what I want? What do you want, Allie? Such wild things. But I want 
Dean to get one of those wacky daisy sprinkler flowers you used to run through <laughs> and just fill it with salt so that it whips everywhere and that's how they get rid of the demons i love that i want to like netty pot a ghost <laughs> that's too close range jordan yeah. <laughs> jordan wants it that way yeah i want to get up a close and personal with its sinus he's after the horny ghost <laughs> Also in that scene, they're very fortunate to be white people. Yes. yes. That was the only thing I could think. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, like They have like no fear of the cops either. No. Yeah, I think they, they make them like mostly irritated and annoyed. And I think that's like such white privilege. Such white privilege. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because like, especially in this one, like the cops are on them like the whole time. They're like, who the fuck are you? And find them with guns. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at find them. Scene. Sam is, yeah. has the gun raised yeah. and like pointing at him. Like if, you know, if he had been a black man, it would have gone differently. Oh, and he probably wouldn't, Dean probably wouldn't have been talking them down to a fine mm-hmm. or anything and i think about that at the end of the episode too mm-hmm. when they're like you know the cop is about to be like get out of town and don't come back kind of mm-hmm. thing which um tangentially did you guys notice that little uh, moment going all the way back to the purple man um when that <laughs> kid brings up something about like people f- think the killer might be a drifter oh i didn't even realize that yeah yeah, and um, that actually kind of made me a little bit weird with Lori's character. Because I'm like, she is yeah. way too trusting of Sam. Like, he's always yeah. there. He just came through. I would immediately be like, especially when I found him around the house. Like, when she's arguing with her dad, <laughs> I'd be like, he's here to kill me. Like, Bro, she's horny. She is horny for him. She does not care. My notes, it's like every third line is, Sam is sus. Sam is always sus. Sam is sus again. <laughs> yeah, like, just coming on real strong, buddy. When they drive by the sorority house real in, slow. In that loud-ass car. Yeah. <laughs> and I it's squeaking a lot this episode, too. I like when they climbing through like oh my god they have like that cat burglar music or like it's like between cat burglar and like mission impossible and sam's doing some fucking assassin's creed shit like (laughs) i but see that's the stuff that i love and then when they like climb in the window they're like be quiet no you be quiet i love brotherly bickering (laughs) what was that poster on the wall in the crime scene in the sorority house the only poster i remember is the Avril Lavigne one. Okay, it was in the crime scene and it was in the background and it said G-O-B really big and it had like like boy band looking types on it and I just oh. looked at it and all I could think was Gob. Gob? <laughs> if anyone knows what Gob is, yeah. I would really like to know. I loved how they brought in the other story there of like the college girl who um You've heard the story when she comes home and the next day she, like, wakes up and the blood's written, like, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the lights? Oh, yeah, they put another urban legend into it. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff being mashed Mm -hmm. together, though. Did you guys notice that it was the Crusader cross that they kept using as emblematic of him? I'm like, come on, y'all. Like, why am I supposed to think that this, like, you know, like, the the guy that they find in the library when they're Mm -hmm. researching... 
isn't even like that old, what do they say, 16th century, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Like the fucking Jerusalem cross is from the, like the, the 11th century. Yeah. And like there's no fucking reason why it would have been used by some jabroni mm-hmm. in the Midwest in the 1700s. It's just goofy. Yeah. Plus like it would take so long to get those right angles correct all like <laughs> how many of them yeah. you have to do to draw a crusader cross with a hook that like close to the, the the molding on the floor i don't know i'm just saying he probably have to bend over a lot he might throw out his back yeah and then like when they go to his unmarked in quotation yes and it's like really <laughs> strongly engraved with the yeah. crusader cross i'm like ah <laughs> no markings looks like a new grave too like it was like that perfect white like marble yeah 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 i could stand to have dean digging for longer Mm -hmm. i think like just like a little longer like another like five or ten seconds of just digging (laughs) this episode had a little bit of weird pacing i don't know the last five minutes especially which we'll get to later felt really rushed to me like we concluded the episode like really quickly yeah i kind of liked it though I also really liked um, the first two times I watched this. I thought she was wearing an onk. Yeah, because of the way it's yeah. curved. And it's really funny because my mom all through college wore only black and this giant silver onk. But then I... That's hilarious. <laughs> so I didn't realize When did she until... go to college? Oh, with you? <laughs> no, no, no. When, when, when? Oh, um, 80. Of course, of course, of course it was the 80s. I was going to say, this is a late <laughs> 80s, bitch. Uh, this, is, yes. this is sounding like some straight up classic 80s goth <laughs> shit. Yeah. I and love it. graduated 94. So I love it. Yeah. I love it. Ugh. We love classic Shelly. <laughs> Speaking of the onk as well. Like, um, it just was weird to me that that was what he was anchored to. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, that thing, because the whole thing of like, we got to burn the onk. And I'm like, our burn, not the way I keep calling it onk, and the silver, the silver hook. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, did burning it the first time and then reforging it? Like, I feel like the, the reforging into something new, it just feels very unlike mm. other ghost stories. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. And you're right. Because the burning like throwing fire on stuff is mostly a symbolic cleansing because Mm -hmm. it doesn't break like fire doesn't break down bones they have to be crumbled afterwards fire has to be really fucking hot to Mm -hmm. break down metals so like yeah you're right it should have been cleansed geez i'm like i have so many new feelings about this episode now too when they throw the silver necklace in the fire and he's like immediately gone i'm like that would take hours well it's because it's the it's a symbolic burn it i don't think like i don't i don't think it matters if it like actually melts or not that's why i'm saying i agree with your argument because like if it was in a fire to be reforged it should have symbolically mm-hmm. quote unquote burned out the ghost in the first place but Allie looks like she has things to say i have one thing to say it's very important the limp hook melting was I his problem the whole time because it was his limp dick oh got him <laughs> so i like it all as an analogy for a, a man with a limp dick. I also there like we go. that when they came out of the basement and that scene in the church sign said reaping with joy. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. And like the um, <laughs> construction paper collage. I noted that as well, Jordan. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, the whole symbolic of like the flaccid hook. Yes. Very funny. It was a little on the nose yeah. there. I thought um, 
that whole action scene at the end mm-hmm. was really, really fun. Like, from the yeah. second they enter the church and, like, Sam is talking to Lori and then mm-hmm. the whole conflict with the ghost. I th- Yeah, I thought that was fun. A lot of the action scenes have been a little, like, meh, like, in the yeah. early season one. But, like... You know, Lori doesn't trip on anything. Mm-hmm. They have, like, the cheesy-ass slow-mo when Sam gets <laughs> hit on the arm. And then, like, I love when she gets dragged down the hall. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And I love how it's all built around her realization that she's the problem in her mind. Yeah. And then that making the ghost reappear to get her. I thought that narratively was great. Yeah, she got a uproot that internalized mm-hmm. misogyny mm-hmm. yeah the message at the end was a lot better than what i thought it was gonna be yeah after that like weird transition in the middle of the episode so i was pretty happy yeah yeah when i thought it was the reverend being like my daughter is becoming too yeah i, I don't even know the it was word. really her dad that was the little jezebel exactly <laughs> <laughs> they did have like a um color theme thing going on with her though like she starts the episode in the red and in that end she's wearing the white oh i put how she looks like the white woman yeah the woman in white woman in white (laughs) not a white woman she is is, but she looks like that all throughout (laughs) yes and i thought it was interesting how they they dealt with like the getting the girl trope there too mm-hmm. because she she gets uncursed like she says earlier in the episode that she's cursed or whatever and mm-hmm. sam's like yeah I, I get it but then you know sam doesn't get to get the girl or whatever cuz he's still cursed yeah. and they literally leave on the high road did you notice that? Oh, like leaving on an incline? Yeah, they are on the highest incline. So I liked it as a metaphor for like him sacrificing himself mm. and taking the high road rather than exposing her to his trauma and his yeah. background. It looked like a San Francisco road. Like it was so Yeah, it steep. was. It was, it was. I yeah, I didn't think of that. That's that's an interesting point, Ali. Honestly, I'll take any ending that isn't like the Amy Acker Mac that we got. <laughs> Ew. Like Some wet kisses. Oh, I just threw up in my Some mouth. <laughs> no! <laughs> I thought Jared was really good in this. I it was one of the first ones where I thought he was really strong throughout, actually. Yeah. Like, it's not the first Sam-focused episode we've had, but it's the first one where I was like, good job. I believe you. Even when he was doing that, like, creepy sociopath whisper <laughs> that he does. It was the first one where he felt like a main character. Yeah, I agree. Because he had, like, an equivalent role mm-hmm. in learning about the stuff and like figuring out the mystery and yeah and like participating yeah 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 actually well maybe it's because he took an active role on purpose because he mm. actively cared a little more true because he like related to her or whatever i thought they were gonna like kind of uh bring dean's kind of slight jealousy of sam going to college into this a little bit more because i had been hinted at but they kind of dropped it pretty early so yeah i think he's he's weird i think sometimes Mm -hmm. he's jealous of it just because and this obviously isn't something that's been explored yet so i'm just saying but i think sometimes he's jealous of like sam's uh just escape Mm -hmm. from their dad and their like transiency 
But I don't think he really cares about, like, college, college itself. itself. Yeah. Like, I think it's just the idea of doing something normal. Mm-hmm. Oh, speaking of which, I meant to say, did y'all, <laughs> every time I see this episode, weirdly, this is one that I've seen, like, a bunch of times. Um, every time I see it, and when he goes to, like, put the salt and the, like, butane or whatever on the bones, it... I literally think he's gonna like pee for a second. It's just like the posture and like the upward angle of the camera. Jordan's I also nodding. He was there for a second. I'm like, uh. It's the camera angle and the consistency of the stream. <laughs> pee reminiscent. Well, it was like the way his arms were too. Yeah. Like it was like very tucked into his chest, but like I, I don't the know. Director was like having a laugh and like trying to like make it look like. <laughs> Well, especially like I don't know. Usually, when people put like lighter fluid on something, they use like one arm and they kind of like yeah, 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 drizzle. Like he had both hands on the lighter fluid. He was it was in like close down to his body and down. Yeah, yeah, and you couldn't see where his hands were. They were below the camera. And he was also standing over a grave, so his like legs were also spread. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, his legs are kind of spread anyway because that's how his legs are. That's how he's <laughs> I yeah. feel like a man who is living in those motels and drinking stuff from convenience stores, I'm sure his urine could light on fire. <laughs> oh, Ew. It's so gross. But I don't so want to think that much about pee. Why did I bring this up? <laughs> I bet their diet mostly does consist of like gas station hot dogs. Uh huh. It's pretty gross. Those like nachos with the mystery meat. And for some reason, I feel like he eats a lot of spicy food to make up for the food he's eating. I don't think so. Oh, I do. I don't think his palate is that diverse until they move into the bunker. Oh, fair. Yeah, I'm excited for when they're less transient. Speaking of the transiency, like, they're drifters, right? Mm -hmm. So I was interested why it was a writing choice to bring that up and to not have either Sam or Dean react you know, yeah. because it, it makes them suspicious mm-hmm. to the people of the town, um, first off. But like, secondly, would they not find that somewhat insulting? Because I, I just feel like people who who just like drift around and like truckers and stuff, which is a different thing from drifters, but like they basically just leave people alone. I feel like, though, with this rooted so much in like small town fear of oh, no. the unknown. I, yeah, no, I, think I definitely fits. get that. That, that but that's what I'm saying yeah. is that like that reaction of like the small town thing yeah I'm wondering why like there wasn't another like reaction from the boys. I don't think boys. they think of themselves as that. Really because mm-hmm. I think I think Dean definitely does. Are they like desensitized like they're probably mm. already used uh, Yeah to... they're like yeah whatever okay. The music wasn't as bad this episode. I actually wrote that that um in my notes that the uh transition of the episodes are actually starting to feel like a lot more natural to like what the show's direction wants to be yeah and we have the color green it felt like the music (laughs) and the lack of complete oppressive gray filter yeah made it feel like so fun not when they're in the hospital um they're in like a glass windowed Mm -hmm. hallway and it's like bright yeah i'm like oh i can see everyone's faces i can tell that they're under 30 years old (laughs) yeah it's like not trying to be batman begins anymore (laughs) jesus that hadn't even come out yet Maybe they stole it from Supernatural episode one. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I just always like my, Sam! (laughs) Sammy! (laughs) They haven't done that much yet. Like, all all of those, like, um, dialogue Mm -hmm. 
tropes that this show has. It's its own microcosm of dialogue <laughs> tropes. Not a lot of them have come up yet. Get this started. Ooh. They both said it in this one. Actually, Dean said it first. And Jordan caught the first time they said, like, talk the about lore. lore. Yeah. I don't think they said anything about, they, I don't think they used the word lore. Yeah, but similar. They had it once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it an earlier episode? Well, do we have anything good for the fanfic? Oh, yeah. I was very inspired by the creepypasta elements <laughs> of this. As some might have noticed by the dramatic reading of the Hookman 4chan post at the beginning of this episode. So when I was looking for fan fictions, I was specifically looking for ones that involved creepypasta. And I found uh, on AO3 one called The Creature That Belongs to the Woods, Supernatural Crossover Slenderman. That's exactly what I wanted it to be. Yeah. It's by... Albme94, A-L-B-M-E-94, a summary. It was a cold winter evening in the late 80s. There was a father named John and two boys named Dean and Sam. Wow, this is reading a little bit like a creepypasta meme just because (laughs) of the lack of punctuation in the summary. Not to be like shady or anything, sorry. So the summary is one day when the Winchesters were in a place in Colorado, John put the boys in a motel nearby the woods where he was going to find a creature that uh, is called a Wendigo, or was it? So it was not a Wendigo. It is Slenderman, because this is a Slenderman crossover. Oh my goodness. Yeah. The tags on this one are creepypasta, Slenderman, fluff, horror, suspense. I, I don't know how it can be fluff and also Slenderman. So that, I also, I mean, I haven't read this. Maybe, I just was yeah, literally like, Slenderman. oh my God, I hope not. He's like so scary. <laughs> <laughs> he looks cuddly. Anyway, um, Sam and Dina's kids, Daddy John, I don't like that. <laughs> Castiel is in this. Um, the past, then the present. And it also is tagged funny and gay, which is interesting. It must be pretty mild though, because it's only rated teen and up. So, yeah. But I just, like, I love the idea of them hunting more creepypastas mm-hmm. and urban legends. Slenderman is such a cool one. I would have loved for them to do a Slenderman episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially, I don't know, Um, there was a show that just got canceled, like, last year called Channel Zero. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was all about, like, um different creepypastas being interpreted into a season of a TV series. And yeah. actually... A lot of times they did a lot of really cool stuff. I would actually like to see mm. a show like Supernatural where they make it a like one-off serialized type series with creepy pastas like that. Yeah, that'd be so fun. More creepy pasta. Mm-hmm. Slenderman in particular is so cool though, be- because like it has like an, a specific origin point. Like you mm-hmm. can find the first post on the internet about Slenderman. But then the lore for Slenderman (laughs) goes back in time, too. People are, like, you know, so drawn to this creepy child killer figure that they go back and like find it in old art and in old folk tales mm-hmm. and it's it's just so weird and strange and i i just think it's really cool a little bit cooler than the hook man if i'm being honest shut your mouth i'll send the hook man after Ellie. you oh my goodness i will say i really liked the hook man and i like the hook man in this episode but mostly just because it was really stupid 
See, Allie, this is how I felt last episode. Oh. The, that face you're making right now, that scoff. <laughs> Jordan, what would you rate it? Ooh, I want to rate it um, four flaccid hooks out of five. <laughs> wow, you're giving it a four? I This actually was probably one of my favorites. I thought wow. it was hilarious. I didn't like the comparisons that they made that were kind of offensive, but I did like the hook man. I thought it was funny. I'm going to give it five Herb the Pervs out of five. No, Herb the Pervs. <laughs> and other creepy stories of... Um, men crossing boundaries and people getting murdered for it that's a very complicated rating system it is <laughs> yes. i'm just still not as impressed with this one i don't know maybe i'm just over the hook man and like those types of stories even though they do subvert it somewhat in this by having the main like girl character have some agency mm-hmm. i don't know I don't think I can give it more than a three out of five weirdly onk-looking silver cross necklaces. Yeah, you are right, though. Like, I can literally think back to every child's cartoon growing up had a Hookman episode. I don't know any other than Spongebob. Rocco's Modern Life, I'm pretty sure, had one. I don't know that. It's because you're young. Yeah, you're a baby. Sorry. Yeah, Hookman is... So I was so excited. Yeah, I'm sure. Are you afraid of the dark? (gasps) Okay, I love that show. True. Okay, well, normally we would guess what happens next episode, but me and Allie can't shut up about the next (laughs) next episode. episode. We've been ragging on it every time. It's going to have bugs. Okay, so how about why don't you predict what the emotional stakes of the episode (laughs) are going to (laughs) be? Or bugs in what capacity? I'm hoping it's going to be like some kind of like creepy bug that like uses people as hives. Mm -hmm. So I want to say the stake is going to be Sam trying to prevent Dean from getting a hive enema. Jordan. Jordan. (laughs) That's not an emotional stake. That's a literal physical problem. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess the emotional stake would be sad. I'm going to return to my box. <laughs> Jordan over here proving that they are the Vembo after all. <laughs> I have honestly no expectations. I just hope it's better than the Buffy Mantis episode. The Vembo had some fun bits. Don't talk, don't talk shit about that episode. I will come for you. It is yeah. so funny. I wish Xander would have died in it, but we're getting off. <laughs> anyway, Xander aside, thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr at On the Road with Supernatural, or by Instagram or Twitter at OTR Supernatural. Contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Oasis Plains, Oklahoma. Bye. 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 Bye.